0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air, online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films, every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Brian and Charles follows Brian, a lonely inventor in rural Wales who spends his days building quirky, unconventional contraptions that seldom work. Undeterred by his lack of success, Brian attempts his biggest project yet. Three days of washing machine and various spare parts later, he's invented Charles, an artificially intelligent robot who learns English from a dictionary and has an obsession with cabbage. What follows is a humorous and entirely heartwarming story about friendship, family, finding love and letting go. The film is called Brian and Charles and we're joined today by the director Jim Archer. Jim, welcome to Film School Radio.
1: Thanks very much for having me, Mike. Pleasure to
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Um these kind of movies that are char- they really are charming and I mean that in the best possible way. Um they are something that uh, pulls you into a world that is basically unimaginable in real life but makes you believe every moment of it. For me, that's the that's the magic trick a filmmaker has to be able to do in making a film like Brian and Charles. You have to be able to believe the internal logic of what's happening.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, we, we sort of like we were a bit worried about the sort of people believing the logic of the film, because we at, at first were like, will people believe this is like a robot. And I know we are like making him deliberately look bad. So like are people actually going to be like disconnected from it? But then, if you just sort of present the rules and treat treat them honestly, and be like, "This yeah. is this is the rules of our film," yes. and and just like, and don't try to like explain too much, and then people will, sh- will just go along with it.
0: Yeah, I think that that would be a mistake to try and over-explain because then every, then you start people thinking, and that no, you don't need that. Yeah. You want them to enjoy this. This is a visceral reaction to a film, and it's and it's because <clears throat> Brian is from the get-go a quirky funny sincere earnest and that's a word that comes back to me when i think of this film it's an earnest film mm. and he is and so from that you get everything else yeah so totally yeah, yeah we
1: always kind of thought like if we just treat everything very seriously yes like, then 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 then, then, it, then it kind of takes care of itself like the comedy is there like the way brian and charles interact so if we just treat it like with honesty yeah. then um, then it it should work
0: Yeah, I I want to get more into the the nuts and bolts of the story and Brian and Charles. And but I also want to know how you came to this project. I know that you you, there are you had collaborators in the in the film, not only the people in the film were were also collaborators behind the camera as well. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we I I was already friends with uh, Rupert and Chris. So Rupert produced it, and Chris is Charles and is one of the co-writers. I didn't know David, but yeah, we made the short together in, in 2017 just so yeah we've been sort of working on it ever since then but yeah i just came to it because i was friends with those guys and uh i think that like Rupert had seen some of my shorts as well that maybe were in the same world i had done some sort of documentary parody stuff so uh i
0: and we're sort of interested to do something like that with the short in a project like this it's bringing a sensibility to the project that that meshes with the material And also knowing that uh, David Earl and Chris had worked on this character for a long time, right? These characters, I should say. And uh, let's talk a little bit about that collaborate. You mentioned that you were friends and that's how you kind of got together. But when you were looking at the material from the short, you did a short of Brian and Charles, did your trepidations about trying to expand it out into a feature length film, um, did they feel like they had enough material and enough things to say?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's inevitably that kind of worry, like, about what, because what sort of works for the short film is like a very small insular story. So yes, you need to expand it for a feature, but also you don't want to lose that heart and that kind of like what made it work. So it's this sort of balancing act, which is similar with you know, comedy and, and emotion that you do anyway, Of just like, trying to like build a world but like keep it still about loneliness and sort of and those kind of themes. So we knew we wanted to like basically see a little more of that physical world, and inevitably yeah. we will then see a few more characters come in and what Brian's interactions are with those and how they would probably react to Charles. I mean, we one of our influences was kind of E.T. and things like that. Yes. So so we, okay. we, so this sort of the, the idea of someone like like wanting Charles was there from that yeah. from things like that yeah um so we sort of like thought oh that's maybe quite a good thing there and then we took from like other sort of documentaries we'd seen um uh, and yeah it was it's 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 a, it's a funny thing I think yeah it's and without kind of like make it feel too kind of uh like unauthent- inauthentic yeah like, yeah yeah well,
0: well it's a real testament to the film and the filmmaking that how quickly it becomes normal. Yeah, you know, and so and and we do that, I think, by virtue of introducing Brian and how he is this quirky guy who likes to do what we said in the introduction, likes to make stuff. And it doesn't always work, but he's and there is a bit of a, a Christopher guest from from his films in in Brian in in again, it's the earnestness, it's the it's the normalcy of the way he is the way he presents himself and yet his actions are in in sort of in contrast to that
1: exactly and that's what you get from the the sort of documentary mockumentary format is that uh, we we were trying to like go away from the sort of Christopher Guest stuff but in that stuff like that is very like present like the sort of talking to camera saying one thing but really meaning something else and just like looking in his eyes and just seeing like i know you're lying to me like, I know you're like, like, I know you're not happy or you're not like, you know, you know that this stuff isn't great. These inventions aren't great. And this like and but you're um you're sort of plowing on regardless. And you, yeah. can't, you can't really get that in another sort of format.
0: Yeah. We're talking with the director of this wonderful film. It's coming out uh, January 17th here in the United States. And you really want to be looking for this. It's called uh, Brian and Charles and it's being released through focus features films you can go to focusfeatures.com brian and charles and you'll see the different places it's playing but the relationship obviously key to the entire success of the film is this relationship that develops between brian and charles again it's it it's hard to it's hard to describe and it starts out as a parent-child relationship mm. yeah. I think I mean if how do you? How would you describe the how the when they first uh, begin to understand one another? I think when they
1: first meet, I think there's like a friendship there. There's something okay. like I think we sort of present that like there is a line where like Charles early on uh, says, "I am your friend" to Brian, and that's like one of the first things. And then right, which is actually coincidentally like an improvised line from. Rupert, our producer, who does the voice of Charles sometimes, like typing it in another room and has played it out. And it really sort of took David like onto the back foot. And I think that reaction is very real. But yes, you're right. Then it then it quickly goes into a sort of parent child thing. Because I think we're having some trouble when we were writing it, like finding what their through line was. We are sort of writing these beats, and we knew sort of where they needed to end up, but we couldn't like that journey was a bit kind of like up and down it didn't really feel very real and it really clicked when david was like oh wow this is my relationship with my son this is this is um this is like all these little experiences we've had um so that really kind of cemented it yeah but yeah there's bits here and there that are like not that there's like there's a sort of scene where he's like a labrador and there's like a sort of you know and then some of the some of the earlier stuff but yeah well then
0: he becomes kind of the uh the impetuous, tempestuous teen at some point in the light in his life, because he's yeah. because Charles is starting to begin to understand the world around him, beginning to want to broaden his own horizons. And he's becoming an irritant to Brian in the process. So we watch that happen. Mm-hmm. But there's another whole realm to this. We have this relationship, which is the core of the film. But then we have this expanded universe of mm-hmm. Brian looking m- maybe. Maybe looking, maybe not looking, but he comes across a woman. He begins to develop a relationship. And it's this outside world that begin, becomes good and bad for everybody involved, right? And that's that's the other element in this that works so well.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like sort of he's he's isolated himself and he's protected himself this whole yeah. time. So yeah. when he sort of opens up his world... He's exposed to the good and the bad, essentially, yeah. and like, and and Charles, like, Charles helps him and also doesn't help him. So he like, Charles is the one who kind of like spearheads a little bit, like him breaking that like boundary with Hazel, but also, you know, is kind of the whole reason Eddie is uh... yes
0: Eddie there. And there's this uh, Hawaiian bit in the film that uh, was was fun. That's uh yeah <laughs> yeah that's one of my favorite scenes to the point that um along with the uh re- the relationship be- begins to develop with Hazel we get all of the uh all of the other stuff that comes in that is a threat that is a genuine threat to not only their world but uh, to the relationship but also to their world as well I want to shift gears a little bit because you know the film itself and the idea is so precious and I'm so glad you executed it the way you did Again, we've been talking about the believability, but on a technical level, I'm really interested in, you know, kind of getting the audience to accept a, you know, walking, wa- walking, washing machine, essentially. And because there are elements in the construction of his look and his face, he's a very soft face. He's a very kind of inviting, non-threatening way about Charles does about him. Mm. And sort of the logistics or what was your intent as you're putting together a very unusual robot? Yeah, we were well like Chris, um,
1: who plays Charles, like he built the the very first iteration of Charles. That was like for the short film and when they did it as on as a live act briefly. Um, So so when we made the feature, we're like, okay, we need to we, we want we didn't want to lose that. I mean, his head was pretty battered and was like. No there were certain things that weren't right about it so we're like okay we need but I didn't want to lose the sort of soul of it so we're like we have to find the same heads yeah. so I like scoured the internet to find them and luckily found six that were on eBay like the last ones was that right and, we've got, and then got then we got Hannah our production designer to sort of remake him based on the old version but like slightly updated and slightly more like with a bit more logic to all his sort of like his eye and his like hair and like, and just sort of like make it feel like it fits the story of the film more but um but at the same time keeping it kind of crap essentially you know what <laughs> what I mean? like it needs to look like it needs to look bad and or like at least not necessarily bad but like um pretty thrown together yeah um so yeah I, I like I, th- I feel like there's something I, I can't put my finger on what it is but there is something about that particular shape of face that is very kind of um sort of kind really
0: yes it's kind and his demeanor is kind and even at times when he is irritating yes. he's kind he, he, there's a certain there's the tone and the the voice is very important to all of that yes, okay. and let's back up to the uh, to filming in wales hmm. and to me the the surrounding countryside becomes a character unto itself in the film right because it it accentuates brian's isolation his desire to be as far removed from people as he can be just kind of the it's kind of a it's kind of a metaphor for his emotional landscape in some ways
1: yeah absolutely yeah well i, I wanted to have this kind of fairy tale feel really right like, like it's sort of it felt like a real place, but also not a real place. So like, and but you're absolutely right. We, we wanted those, all those landscapes are just sort of picked because they just, since like either the emotion of the scene before or after, or just like a level of Brian, just like if it's that kind of barrenness and yeah, there's, there's some shots with sheep where we're sort of like slightly alluding to what like the mental state Brian is in at the moment, whether they're like alone or whether they're with someone it's such an important part of it and like you could film this story you know somewhere else and it just wouldn't have the kind of weight that it has so uh yeah hugely important to sort of just to tell that story
0: what was the most challenging thing about the nuts and bolts the day-to-day making of Brian and Charles what was the thing that you were up against
1: i mean i think just because we chose those locations like i was really adamant that we shoot like like forget about like uh how hard or easy it will be. We're just gonna choose the best locations that will look the best on camera and we'll work it out. And I think the sort of line producer was probably a bit annoyed by some of those choices. Uh, Yeah, there were some days where we just, there's a, like a big bonfire scene, night shoot, and we just didn't get, we couldn't get lights there for like three hours. So we're just eating into our day because they just couldn't get up the track. And so we're like scrambling for things to, scrambling for other sort of cherry pickers to find in last minute to, to get a light in there. So that sort of stuff is quite stressful. Yeah, sort of clambering up mountains with, you know, cameras on our backs to get a shot and stuff like that. But it's all... It's all fun and all worth yeah. it. So,
0: yeah, I was going to say. I imagine the set was fairly fun. I would. I wouldn't think it, it. feels like it would be.
1: Yeah, I think just the presence of Charles on set just immediately like sort of unites everyone, and they're like, "There's that sort of feeling of like, oh, this is fun, but also, what the hell are we making? <laughs> like, is this is this just like a go like a a film that will never see the light of day or? Will it be like, you know? well,
0: well, it has a feel of, of, of if if kids were going to make a movie and they, <laughs> they would they would grab stuff in their in their bedroom and put it together and try to make something out of it. And sort of there's that element that's innocence, I guess, is a good way, better way to put it. And, um, I, you know, this is going to be a movie that will get a lot of word of mouth. It is. those It's one of those movies that people who will go and see it and like it, they'll tell everybody they know. To, to seek it out and there's a film I would compare it to it's different but it, I guess in terms of the kind of internal logic of the film it reminds me of Harold and Maude a little bit
1: that's a great reference I mean we looked at like I love that film as one of my favorite films growing up so that that with Nail, with Nell and I we sort of yeah not, not that we like reference them we don't really, no. really look at them in structure but like in terms of that kind of yes offbeat like british kind of countryside sort of tone yeah yeah
0: yeah. well congratulations to you and your team congratulations to david and chris for their work uh in front of and behind the cameras and all all the ways that they were a part of it and jim marcher thank you so much for your for your work and thank you so much for your spending some time with us here thanks so much mike it's been a pleasure